Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, the single biggest problem with our great feast day today, the Feast of All Saints, is that it can make sanctity seem like something that's the special preserve of a handful of spiritual heroes and not the ordinary goal of the Christian life. Let me say that again. The ordinary goal of the Christian life is to be a saint. The whole purpose of the church, that includes priesthood, the mass, sacraments, good preaching, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, all of it, is to make saints. You know, One way to think about this is the only people in heaven will be saints. Evelyn Waugh saw that, that if, if you get to heaven, it'll be as saint. Now put your name after that title. Only saints are in heaven. That's the whole purpose of the church's life. Léon Blois, the great French spiritual writer, made the magnificent comment, there's only one real sadness in life, not to be a saint. It's one of those really clarifying statements, isn't it? Because what he implies is that everything else, wealth or its lack, power or its absence, good reputation or bad reputation, all of that is finally trivial. What finally matters, what matters only, is being holy, which means being the person that God wants you to be. See, that's what you should think about every day. That's what you should worry about above all. See, I wonder how many of us actually do think about that. How many of us do worry about that? Think of all the time you spend fussing about you know, wealth and reputation and power and influence and pleasure. Well, okay, but what you should finally be fretting about is your sanctity. Am I becoming a saint? So, what does it mean to be a saint? What do all the people that we celebrate today have in common? Well, to be a saint is to be holy. And to be holy is to follow God's will. And God's will is always a will to love. And love is the willing the good of the other. So if you follow that little line of logic... To be a saint is to will the good of the other as other. That's what it means to be holy, to imitate God's will, which is always a will to love. So, easy enough to say, but about the hardest thing in the world to do. But the gospel reading taken uh, from the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the gospel for today, can help us enormously to specify all of this. See, what makes us blessed or happy, makarios in the Greek of the New Testament, 
What makes us blessed or happy is none other than holiness. And Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, in many ways, this is the very heart of the matter. Chesed is the relevant word in Hebrew. Translated wonderfully in the King James Version as tender mercy. That's what God is. And so we're blessed, happy when we participate in it. To be God is to be love. And therefore, when you're conformed to love, you're conformed to the blessedness of God. Another way to express this is, blessed are the clean of heart. To be pure or clean of heart is to desire one thing. Again, this is Kierkegaard's great line, that a saint is someone who desires one thing. It doesn't mean we have that we don't have a lot of desires. We do for all kinds of things. But what's the desire of your heart? What's the desire of the deepest part of you? A saint is someone whose heart, the seed of his most abiding and deepest longing, is undivided. It's very important, I think, because the trouble we get into is just that. Our hearts are divided. With the deepest and most abiding longing of our whole being, we desire different things, things that are at odds with each other. Desire to be conformed to the love that God is with all your heart. That's, again, why Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. See, that means being clean of heart, being about one thing. Still another way to make the same point. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, again, we hunger and thirst for all sorts of things. Some bad, some indifferent, some partially good. But what we should always desire is to do the right thing or the godly thing, to follow God's will in everything. Now, stay with that for a second. It's a very clarifying uh, moment. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Do you go through your day thinking, okay, what's the right thing to do? Or do we say, what's the expedient thing to do? What's the pleasurable thing to do? What's the selfish thing to do? What will put me in an advantageous position? See, we spend a lot of our time and energy with those questions. What if you tried this now for for an entire day? The only relevant question was, What's the righteous thing to do? What would conform me more and more to the love that God is? If that's the only question, then you're someone who's hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Here's where I bring the little flower again into the picture, the little way, right? which is discerning what the demand of love is in the present moment. That's why the little way is is so wonderful because it's so accessible. It's so easy in one sense. Right now, right in front of you, what's the demand of love? What's the most loving thing you could do? 
if you start desiring that all the time, then you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And now, doing all this will make us automatically, what? Peacemakers. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, see what I mean there is if you walk this path, this saintly path, all you're concerned about is conforming your life to the love that God is, you will willy-nilly, I mean, whether you want to or not, you'll begin to radiate peace. You'll produce around you a sort of Garden of Eden, a place of life and flourishing and peace. That's why the saints are depicted with halos very often, because they become a source of illumination to others. Right? The saint can't see his own halo. Other people see it. That means the light exists for them, not for the saint. So I've looked at four of the Beatitudes. There are four more. Because they name four typical ways that we, t- that we get off the track of holiness and how to avoid those. We tend to run after the four great substitutes for God, wealth, pleasure, power, and honor. And with that rubric in mind, we begin to understand these remaining Beatitudes very clearly. So, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. We might read this as how lucky or blessed or happy you are if you're not addicted to material things. Many, many of us waste our lives running after material things and money when these cannot even in principle satisfy us. Stop hungering and thirsting for the material goods of the world. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Another way to put that is hunger for righteousness and you'll know what to do with the money that you have. But the addiction to money, that gets you off the path of sanctity. Relatedly, blessed are they who mourn. I realize how perverse this can sound, as though Jesus were praising sadness in a sort of masochistic manner. But this isn't how we should read it. Rather, we should read it as how happy you are if you're not addicted to pleasure. Sometimes doing the will of God, which as we saw is the real source of joy, involves anything but pleasure. Look at the lives of so many of the saints, especially the martyrs. Look at St. Francis talking about the path of true joy. It's precisely when he accepted all kinds of suffering out of love for God. Sometimes being a saint means you'll be in great pain. Therefore, the addiction to pleasure is getting you off the path of sanctity. Next, blessed are the meek. Precisely because many of us become addicted to power as a substitute for God. We attempt to fill up the infinite longing of the heart with this paltry earthly good. Therefore, how lucky we are if we're not addicted to power, if we walk the path of meekness. Finally, since many of us become addicted to worldly honor, Jesus says, Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. 
the agere contra, right, the acting against honor, is to seek dishonor, even to revel in the criticism of others. Again, it's not to be perverse. It's not a, don't read it psychologically, read it spiritually. For those who are addicted to worldly honor, blessed are you. How lucky you are when they insult you and persecute you. That's why a lot of the spiritual masters say, it's wonderful if every single day, in some way, we are humiliated. <laughs> because if pride's the basic problem, then humiliation is a route to holiness. You know, finally, Thomas Aquinas said, if you want to be happy, you want to be a saint, love what Jesus loved on the cross and despise what he despised. So take a good, long look at the cross sometime and then ask yourself, what was Jesus' relationship to wealth, pleasure, power, and honor? Ask yourself this honest question. Would anybody hold up this pathetic, crucified criminal as a model of the good life, as a model of happiness? But there, in a nutshell, is all the poetry of Christianity. But it's not just, you know, pie-in-the-sky poetry. It's spiritual reality. There's only one real sadness in life, not to be a saint. Don't miss the opportunity. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.